Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. And, uh, New Year's Eve is always fun. How many of you, brave souls, the, the grown-ups in the room, um, decided to stay up till midnight on New Year's Eve. Anybody at all? Anybody as foolish as I was? Hey, good for you guys, right? I mean, someone, when you have kids, like the kids want to, what we did, we, uh, we spent some time at um, my brother-in-law's house, Joel and Cheyenne, and they're little kids. They have young, young kids, um, you know, two years old and, and four, little, little four-year-old just turned four. And um, they were not going to stay up till midnight, but they wanted to. So my brother-in-law had the genius idea to get on uh, YouTube and find a uh, New Year's ball drop from a different country uh, that was live. So I don't know what part of the world, um, it was at like 8.30 at night, but it was midnight there. So we're all with the, all the kids in the house and we're like 10, nine, and the ball's dropping slowly. Happy New Year, and it's like 8.45 or whatever. But they went to bed thinking it was 2024. So when I brought my kids back home, they're a little bit older, they wanted to stay up. They didn't have school the next day on that Monday. So we ended up watching the actual, you know, America's ball drop and they're like, they're, you could see the confusion on their faces. Like, didn't we already do this? Is it another year already? ready to go by that fast and, and uh, so um, staying up till midnight it, uh, it, it hits me a little bit different than it used to as a young kid that wanted to and I pig out eat all these appetizers and foods and have a good time now I'm like I can't eat past nine o'clock it's gonna give me you know indigestion or something like that so um, but it's gonna be a great year and for those who are excited about this new year oftentimes that's coupled with being ready for the previous year to be over um, you're like, hey, 2023, I'm kind of glad it's in the past. And maybe that's you this morning. For some of you, this year was filled with some of your most challenging situations. Maybe for some of you, it was filled with kind of some of your most gut-wrenching heartaches, and it was just a tough year for you. Maybe for some of you, this year, um, you know, sure, there were some successes, there were some good memories, but the overall majority of 2023 was just a hard year for you, just stressful. There's a lot of different circumstances that just kind of made life in the year 2023 a little bit more difficult. And to be honest, if we're being real, this new year, 2024, you could lose your job, your car could still break down, just because it's a new year doesn't kind of keep us safe from those things. You could, you know, get sick, and, and, and with all those things happening in this year, it could still be a better year than last year for some of you. We say things like, you know, this is going to be my year, right? This is, this is, you know, new year, new me. And some of us say things like, you know, this year things are going to be different. Things are going to be different this year. You know, last year was it's in the past, and this year is going to be different. And truthfully, yes. We could work out more, we could eat better, we could create new disciplines, and those are all good things. More than likely, those tough times that we faced in 2023, probably a lot of them were out of your control anyway. In 2024, for the most part, will be out of your control too. And that's okay. 
And, and you say, well, how is it okay? Like, man, it, last year was so tough, and, and there were so many things that happened that I just didn't understand, and, and I couldn't fix it, and it just, oh, I'm just ready for this new year to be different. How, how can it be okay? It's okay because God is in control. God is in control. Jesus reigns in your life, child of God. It's about Jesus. Every message that is preached from this platform, whether it's by me or someone else, it all points back to Jesus. Every message that was preached last year in that Next Level Living series, what did it all point back to? If you wanted to have next level compassion or next level patience or next level commitment or whatever, the, there was probably 40 messages on next level living. What did it always point back to? It pointed back to resting in Jesus Christ and his grace in your life to make you who he wants you to be. It's about Jesus. And before we jump into this message, I want to tell you what I know about Jesus. Because I think to start the year off right for Coastline, for myself, for you this morning, we need to talk a little bit about Jesus before we get into it. He is the answer. He is our hope. He is the way, the truth, and the life, the scriptures say in John 14. He is my rescue. Jesus is the source of my joy. He is peace. He is what I need when I know that I need him. And he's also what I need when I don't know that I need him, when I think I can take care of it myself. He's everything I'll ever need. He's the only thing I'll ever need. He's the forgiveness for my past, the grace for my present, and the hope for my future. He's the bearer of my burden. He's the helper of my heart. He's the lover of my soul. He's the friend that I'll never leave. He's the Father that'll never fail, the Savior that my soul needs, the light in my darkness, the strength in my weakness, the healer of all my hurts. That's Jesus. He brings peace. He speaks conviction. He calls me to greater things, to greater living. He speaks painful truth to the lies of my heart. He soothes a soul in distress. He tells me who I really am and who I can be. He brings new life. He brings new beginnings and second chances. Do you believe that this morning, church? Amen. And what better way to start this new year to grow as individual believers and yes, as a church than by rejoicing over the new life found in Jesus? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. New year, new life. If you have your Bibles, go to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. I'm going to read several scriptures, kind of a story here about the life of Christ. And if, you know, if you've been in church for any length of time, you probably know the story. And it starts in John 11 and verse number one. I don't have the scriptures on the screen today because there's going to be so many and the words will be so tiny. And uh, I just thought if you have your phone and you have a Bible app, go to John 11. If not, I'll, I promise I'll do my best to read slow and clearly so that you hear the, uh, the scriptures being read. But John chapter 11 in verse number one, we see here this true account. And verse one says, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. So right off the bat, John 11, we see this is not a good situation. This is not good. This is a problem. Okay? Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, is 
sick. And this was the same Mary that we, we did the whole Gospel of John series. And this is the Mary that actually broke open the ointment and washed the feet of Jesus with her hair. Uh, this sacrificial uh, picture and, and just the uh, love and commitment that she showed to Christ. Um, that is the same Mary that we're talking about. Her brother Lazarus is sick. And not like sick with a cold. I'm talking really sick. And as we read on, it says in verse 2, it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying to Jesus, sent word to Jesus, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Apparently Jesus had a close relationship with this family, with Lazarus, and they were friends. And uh, it says that they, they sent word to him that the one that you love, your friend, is very sick. Verse 4, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved, verse 5, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Verse 6, when he had heard therefore that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. So the scriptures clearly tell us that after Jesus got word that his close friend, family friend Lazarus was sick and, and, and bad sick, it says that he waited in the same place he was, not, he wasn't like next door, he waited there for two more days. Verse 7, then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples said in verse 8, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou uh, thither again. And as we read on, he's talking, they're talking about a whole different situation. I want to jump down. Um, to verse number 17. So Jesus waits to go. He already knows what's going to happen, when it will happen, and how it will happen. He tells them uh, in the scriptures, Jesus tells them in verse number uh, 14. Um, I'm sorry, let me, let me jump back to verse 11. These things said he, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. This is verse 11 of John 11. Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of his sleep. Verse 12, the disciples said, Lord, if he sleep, if he's sleeping, then he shall do well. Then, oh, if he's just sleeping, then he's going to be fine. This is great. Verse number 13, howbeit Jesus spake of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking rest in actual sleep. Verse 14, then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. I love how that word plainly is in there too. He just said it so matter of fact. They're like, oh, he's just sleeping, that's great. And then he goes, oh no, Lazarus is dead. <laughs> Verse number 15, and I am glad, Jesus says, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent ye may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. He says, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad that I wasn't there to stop it. Whoa, man, like if I was his disciple, I'd be like, Jesus, what's, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, they gave us enough time. They gave us enough notice. Verse number 17. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Lazarus has been dead for four days. Verse 18. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. People came and were mourning with them over the death of Lazarus. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Mary couldn't go out and see him yet. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. 
But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Maybe you've been where Martha is. And you're, you're asking God for something, and it's just not happening yet. And you're like, like, what are we waiting for? If you'd only been here, my brother would still be alive. And we do see her faith in verse 22, but I know that even now, whatsoever that will ask of God, he will give it to thee. Have you ever been there before? God, how could you let this happen? Where, where are you, God? What are you doing, God? Because we don't see, often, we don't see the whole picture that God is painting in our lives. And because we can't see the finished product of what he's trying to accomplish in our life, when we can't see the whole picture, we can't see the whole painting, we just want to throw out the whole canvas. We're just like, this is not working for me. And by the way, asking God why isn't wrong, but demanding a reason is. See, we see the problem right in front of us, but not the plan that God has. We see the moment of pain that we're facing. We feel it, but we don't see the miracle that's coming. We see the heartache that's there and not the heart change that is coming. Martha is speaking from a broken heart, and we see Jesus is gracious. After Martha says, but if you ask anything of God, he'll, he'll give it to you. Verse 23, Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Verse 24, Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And she's thinking more, you know, when Jesus comes back and returns, how one day he's going to rise again and go to heaven. So she's kind of missing. Jesus is being literal. He's going to rise again. Verse 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And Jesus speaks hope to her. In regards to her problem, when she doesn't get it, when she's kind of like, well, yeah, well, he'll rise again one day, I guess. When, when she doesn't get it, he tells her that, that not only can he give life, but that he is life. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. I can bring you back to life because I am life. I can, I can fix your marriage because I'm the only sure foundation for a marriage. I can help your insecurities. Jesus is speaking to us. I can help your insecurity because I can be your identity. I, you can be secure in me. I can tear down walls of bitterness in your heart because I am love. I am the ultimate restorer, death to life. Life is what I do. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's the resurrection and the life. Verse 32, we see, then when Mary was come where Jesus was, so Mary, remember she sat in the house and kind of waited. She obviously was just brokenhearted. And Jesus finally, probably closer, and she comes where he was, and she sees him. She falls down at his feet, verse 32, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have you laid him? And said, Lord, come and see. And in verse 35, it just says that Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. Verse 37, Some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? So it's funny because these people know Jesus and they know what he's accomplished. They know that he's given sight to the blind and, and healed the lame. And instead of thinking, 
like, hey, he did heal the blind and, and give, uh, make the lame to walk again. Maybe he can raise him from the dead. But instead, they kind of flip and say, yeah, he, he, he gave sight to the blind and, and he healed the lame. If he had been here sooner, he probably could have kept him, healed him before he died. So they're already kind of have given up hope. And by the way, let's not point, I don't want to point fingers at these people because listen, a lot less has happened to me and I've questioned the goodness of God. A lot less has happened to me. And I've been like, God, what are you doing? Like, we're out here on the Cape trying to reach people and trying to start this church, and you're just making life really difficult for me and my family. Like, come on, help me out here. I, I've given you my life. I've given you my time. We've sacrificed. Lord, just come on. So I, I can't point fingers at Mary and Martha and these Jews here because for a lot less, I've doubted. I've doubted. Sometimes pridefully, yeah, sure. And sometimes just out of a broken heart, like, God, I'm just, I'm tired. I'm just tired. Like, where are you? Like, please, I need you right now. I've been calling out to you. I've been praying, and I'm just not seeing any answers. Lord, please. Verse number 37 was when the Jews said, man, if he had just been here, he probably could have cause that even this man should not have died. Verse 38, Jesus therefore again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Verse 39, Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. You know, death is not a very good scent. And she goes, he's been dead four days. By the way, isn't that us so often... When we are like in that low spot, in that brokenness, maybe waiting for an answer, and then God kind of is pushing us to do something, and we question that. Like, Lord, like, like she said, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure this is a good idea? This may not end very well. And who are we to question God? Who am I when God is calling me to do something that says, well, God, maybe this way would be a little bit better. Or, Lord, maybe it's a little too late for that. No, no, because God is a God of miracles. Amen. Listen, we've been there, church. Verse 40, after Martha says, man, it's been four days, Jesus saith unto her in verse 40, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou heard me, that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Verse 44, and he that was dead came forth. Love it. Bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their way to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. A miraculous event here in John 11. Amazing story. A literal dead man brought back to life through the power of God. And the same power that had breathed life uh, into the dust of the earth and created Adam now breathes new life into Lazarus. Just an amazing account. The carpenter's son from Nazareth, Jesus, who is in his earthly ministry now, and he said it in his prayer to the Father, said, I want them to know that you sent me. 
Man, things are in motion now, aren't they, for the, for the life and death of Jesus soon to come. The carpenter's son from Nazareth, who used to build furniture with his father, came to the tomb four days after a man has died, weeps over the loss, has them roll away the stone, and calls out his name. With people gathered around, this dead man, wrapped in grave clothes, suddenly wakes up from the sleep of death, hearing in his ears, sight in his eyes, but probably wondering what's going on because his face was covered. Like, where, where am I? A few days earlier, he remembered probably falling into that deep sleep of death. He remembers taking that last breath, more than likely surrounded by his sister and family and friends. Probably had already said his goodbyes. The funeral is over. He's been in the, dead, uh, in the grave for four days, dead. And suddenly, he's swinging his legs uh, over the edge of that stone bed his body laid on, stumbles out into the light where his family unwraps his body of the grave clothes. What excitement, what joy. If you just can step into that story for a minute, you can hear the laughter and the tears of joy and the excitement and the smiles all around. He's alive. He's back to life. Oh, my goodness. What a miracle. And through this story, we see that Jesus brings new life. Lazarus, come forth. Oh, amazing story. So where are you at today? Have you grown accustomed to just going through the motions in your life? Maybe you've been saved a long time, you're saved, but you're nowhere near that abundant life in Jesus Christ. Remember he said, I give life and I can give you life more abundantly. What you need, church, is new life. You need new life. Maybe your walk with the Lord is very stagnant. 2023 was a really hard year for your walk with God. By the way, I'm not here to give you a special formula of how you're supposed to walk with God. And you've got to read this many chapters and pray for this long and do this and that. I'm not saying any of those things. But you and I both know, and I'll speak for myself, man, my walk with God very often, the busyness of life, it seems to sometimes take back burner because of the busyness of life. Your walk with God's struggling. You're not reading your Bible. You're not really look, hear, trying to hear the voice of God. Your, your prayer life is just, it's just old and, and it's just not there. You don't share the gospel in any aspect at all. You live carelessly. You live apathetically. You just don't really care what happens. You just kind of let life happen to you and you're fine with that. You're between the prodigal son who like went off and did all that terrible stuff and the older brother who did everything out of the wrong heart. You're kind of right in between there. You're here, but your heart isn't. Physically, yes, you're in the house of God. You're here every Sunday, but your heart is... When Jesus ever said, their lips speak of me, but their heart is far from me. The truth is, for many of us, we've been saved for a long time. We've known Jesus for a long time, but we have grown so unaware of the presence of God. And we live without his guiding hand. Problems still abide. Heartache still resides. Loneliness still haunts some of us. Insecurity still reigns. Stress will still show up. It still shows up. Impatience is still around. Temptation still knocks at your door. Bitterness still binds some of you. Unforgiveness is still a part of some of you. Unfo anxiety is still hanging onto your heart. And fear is still looming in your mind. Even though you've known Jesus for a long time. What I'm trying to say is, the length of time that you have known Jesus, the actual physical length of time, doesn't change you. Just 
going to church and knowing about God and maybe even being saved for 50 years, the length of time you've known God doesn't change you. Only Jesus changes you. Jesus is the one who brings new life into a dying marriage. Jesus is the one who gives grace to the worried parent. Jesus is the one who gives hope to the, to the discouraged pastor. Jesus is the one who gives wisdom to a young church. Jesus is the one who gives peace to the anxious soul. Jesus is the one who gives guidance to the wandering heart. Jesus is the one with all the answers. And the answer across the board is his name, Jesus. He is the one who gives new life. The book of, Philipp the, the book of uh, Philippians says, we are his workmanship created. The book of Ephesians, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Philippians 1 says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the, the day of Jesus Christ. It's him who brings new life, not me. I can't give you new life. I can preach the word of God. I can do my best to communicate scripture uh, to our church, to Coastline. But it's up to you to rest in Christ and let him change your life. It's not about how long you've been saved. I think, honestly, a part of the problem for a lot of us is praise the Lord for the freedom that we have in this country to worship God. Praise God for that. But if that was stripped away, if that was taken away, and this is not a political message. You know me, church. I am not a political guy at all, especially from the pulpit. But could you just imagine if we had to hide out and have Bible study for the fear of our lives? If it wasn't such a, you know, easy thing where we could have the Bible, you know, on our phone and we have 15 copies at home and we can listen to worship whenever we want and we can come and worship. If it wasn't so commonplace, just kind of, some of the church in, in, the, in the Christian life is almost like a hobby, something that you kind of pick up when you're bored. If, if, we, if we didn't have that freedom, maybe more of us would be a little bit more committed in our hearts. Maybe it would be a little bit more important in our hearts if, we, if it wasn't so easily accessible. Jesus wants to change our lives. Jesus wants to get a hold of your heart and do something in you and use your life. We're not here just to sit around and go through the motions, make a lot of money, and then die. No, no, no. God has plans. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Jesus brings new life. It's him. He brings new hope. He brings second chances. He brings real change. Look to him. Coastline, Jesus is working in our church. He's working in our church. I have to often remind myself, listen, as a pastor, there's a billion things I wish I could do. I would love it if every seat in this place was filled, if all those were set up and filled. And there's often times, Darren, when I'm just like, Man, what am I doing wrong? What am I missing here? What am I? And I could doubt myself, and I start doubting the goodness of God. I'm like, Lord, you know, do you? And I start questioning things, and I get in my own head, and the enemy's a liar. And I'll tell you, sometimes I just have to stop and slow down and remember that God is in charge. He's in control. It's him who brings change. It's him who brings growth. I got to do my part. I got to rest in him. I got to trust in him. I got to preach his word. I got to provide for my family. I got to love our church people, and I'll let him do the work and let him lead. And stop questioning. And stop, and, and stop, Lord, if you would just do this, though, then this. Like, like Mary and Martha, Lord, if you'd just been here, Lord, if you had just done this, he'd be still alive. And I have to say, Lord, no, whatever you want to do, you're going to do. And I just want to be along for the ride. Follow you with my whole heart. Man, I'll tell you, there's times 
especially over the holidays. The holidays get so busy, don't they? A couple weeks ago, I was driving, dropping kids off of school, and I remember the, the New Year was getting ready to start. I said, Lord, I, I, I really, I want to feel your presence. I feel like I've just been flying a million miles an hour. I have my, my, my full-time job on, that I work as well to provide for my family. I have the church and everything, and it just felt so crazy. And I dropped the kids off at school, and I'm driving back to Brewster, and the song comes on, and it's a great song called In the Room, and it just says that he's in the room. God's in the room. Like, don't, he's right there with you. And this song came on, and I'll tell you, it hit me right between the eyes. And I start crying, and I'm worshiping, and I'm like, I got to pull over, man. And I pulled over the little gristmill there on the way to Brewster on 6A, and I just sat there in the car and just felt like he was sitting right next to me in the pastor seat. I've, never, I've actually put my hand over on the little armrest, and I'm like, man, he's with me. He's in the room. He's in the van. <laughs> this is great. And it was just like this slap in the face, this good slap in the face of like, no, this is all right. I'm okay. I got Jesus. There's people all around me that are going through the same stuff, and they're lost, and they're worried, and they're stressed. And here I am. I got Jesus, and I'm worried, and I'm anxious, and I'm stressed. I'm in. I got Jesus. He's with me, and he's going to take good care of us. And sometimes we need those reminders, church. It's about him. Jesus wants to speak new life into your life. 2024. This is the year. Listen, God has plans for you this year. You need him more than you could ever realize. And, and again, I know that church attendance doesn't make you a great Christian or a, a, a real follower of Christ. I think it's part of it. But it's not like people go to church all the time and their hearts are far from Christ. So I, I understand that. But I will say this, that I believe that God, I know that God uses the church and the community of believers to encourage our hearts and to draw us closer to each other, which in turn draws us closer to Him. Amen? That's what the church is for. So it is important. I understand that just because you read three chapters a day and you check off your box, that doesn't automatically, because anybody can just read words on a page. I understand that. It doesn't automatically, if you do it with the wrong spirit. But I will say, the more you read the Word of God, the better off you'll be. Maybe for some of you, it will start off a little bit more like, well, I, have a, I don't have any habit of, I want to create some good habits and disciplines in my life. And it may just start off, and you're like, man, I feel like I'm not getting it. I'll tell you, just read the Word of God and obey God's command for us. And I'll tell you, He will speak to you. He will speak to you. Well, I'm praying, praying is so weird for me. It's so awkward. I, I, don't, I, I pray over my dinner, but listen, just sit in the car, sit in your room, and just talk to God like you're talking to a friend. He loves you. He wants to hear from you. And I promise you, the awkwardness will wear off. He's your father. He's your father. So will you admit, will you be willing to admit lifelessness in your Christian life? It's hard. It's humbling to realize, hey, you know what? I have known the Lord for a long time, but I have let myself get a little callous. Worship time on Sunday morning, sure, I'll sing along with the words on the screen. I may even enjoy the songs and like the melody, and it's a good song, but I'm not really worshiping from my heart. I'm just kind of singing a song like I would sing any song on the radio. And the, the message is preached, and I'll say, hey, that was a nice message. That was good. Uh, I, I, that was awesome. That was encouraging. But we just don't do anything with it. Let's admit the callousness in our lives. Let's admit the lifelessness in our Christian lives. And with that admission, look to Christ for real change. Church, it's a new day. There's new grace. 
The scriptures say that his mercies are new every morning. It's a new year. There's new opportunities waiting for you. God has people this year that he wants you to speak into. That he's going to use you to speak life into. That's, that's Jesus. What testimonies will you have at the end of this year? Will you allow Jesus to speak new life into your heart? Into your walk with him? Into your ministry? Into your family? Into your church? I mean, let's admit it. Let's start the new year off with a newfound, fresh commitment. Lord, this year, I'm giving this year, I'm committing this year to you. Whatever you want to do in my life, I trust you. And understand that that prayer and that commitment, he knows a lot better than we do. If I had prayed that prayer a few years ago and, and said, hey, you know, uh, God, whatever you want this year, and I pray that every year, we pray that together. Lord, do what you want in our lives. And then our house gets sold and we're, don't have a place to live for a while. We're jumping back and forth to winter rentals and all these things happen. And none of it really felt that great. But guess what? God was at work. When we prayed as young teenagers, said, Lord, we want to give our lives to you and serve you with our lives. And then we got engaged and we got married and said, Lord, our lives are yours. Whatever you want to do, we trust you. And then he gives us a son with severe special needs. That really wasn't part of my mindset when we prayed those prayers. But guess what? God was at work. I wouldn't call it a dangerous prayer, but it's a prayer that when you give your whole heart and whole life to God and say, whatever you want, I'm, I'm ready for it, God, please. I know you'll be with me. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be so worth it. I wouldn't change. I hope I can say this truthfully. I feel like I can say I wouldn't change what God has done because I've just learned so much from it. And in learning so much from what God has brought me through, I've also recognized that I really don't know that much to begin with. But now I'm okay with that because I'm like, all right, it's okay that I don't know because he's going to show me. He's going to walk with me through it. He's going to give new life to me. So this morning, as we're really done this morning, I, I want to ask you to just spend some time in prayer. When we, we're in just a moment, we're going to have our heads bowed, eyes closed, and have a time of reflection and invitation time for you to talk to the Lord and I hope you'll use that time and just pray and say Lord I'm giving you this year I'm not saying it's gonna be easy I'm not saying I'm not gonna maybe want to change things in the moment but God I want to lean on you this year I want you to speak and breathe new life into me this year thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast we hope the message was an encouragement to your heart please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org, or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.